Welcome to Haunting History, the podcast that reaches back into the past for the events that shocked everyone. Tales of true crime, mystery, and the macabre. And when we're lucky, the stories were true crime, history, and the paranormal me. Now who doesn't love a good ghost story, right? Welcome back to Haunting History Podcast. I'm your host, Kat. In this week, we visit the fort that saved America. If you watch any paranormal shows like I do, you might already be familiar with Fort Mifflin. Commissioned in 1771, the fort sits on Mud Island just below Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It is credited with playing a pivotal part in the American Revolution. With only a few hundred soldiers, they held off British forces, giving Washington the opportunity to build his army at Valley Forge. Burned down and rebuilt, the fort was active throughout the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, both World Wars, all the way to the Korean War. It was decommissioned from active duty in 1962. However, a portion of the grounds is still used by the United States Army Corps of Engineers, making it the oldest fort still in military use in the U.S. As one can imagine, a place with thousands of people who died and over 200 years of history happening at Fort Mifflin, it must have its share of spirit activity, and it seriously does. Like the cussing ghost of Judge Wilhelm, or the screaming lady who people believe to be Elizabeth Pratt, who hung herself from the officer quarters railing when her daughter died of typhoid fever, or poor William Howe, who was hung during a public hanging, the only public hanging at the fort, for a crime he may not have even committed. Following is my interview with Paranormal Ambassador, you heard that right, Paranormal Ambassador is his title, to Fort Mifflin, Greg O'Brien. Probably my favorite interview to date. I think you'll find him as charming as I did. Now, your position at Fort Mifflin, you are the paranormal host? Yes, paranormal host, paranormal ambassador, the host for the fort, yes. Wait, there's such a thing as a title? There's a (laughs) paranormal ambassador? Well, somebody calls me that. They said, oh, you're the paranormal ambassador, but I'm just a host, but hey, you know, I I like that. No, that should be a title. (laughs) Yeah, have a little, have my uh, hat with the ambassador. Yes, and carry a little flag so people can find you like in Disneyland. Yeah, that'd be good. Oh, my God. You have, um, I love talking to you right now because my family is all from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay. So you have the Pennsylvania accent. Yeah, I got the good Philly accent here. Oh. That's crazy. And do you say yins instead of you? You, Do you say like... (laughs) Do you use that word, that terminology, yins? Yins, yeah, use. Well, it's it's really use. use, and then the water, you know, instead of yeah. W A, it's W U D. Yeah, like say, wash your clothes. Yeah, wash your clothes. Wash. There's a, there's an suddenly in Pennsylvania, there's an R in the word wash. Yeah, wash. Yeah, wash your clothes. Yeah, I love this. Okay, so Greg O'Brien, yep. yeah, it is a lot. Uh, you know, we don't notice it, but yeah, no, I do. Only because I know I talk to a lot of people in Pittsburgh. So. Okay, so Greg O'Brien, Paranormal Ambassador is what we just decided your title is from Ford Mifflin. I have my first question. I have a whole list of questions because I want to. I, I, my first question, I have, do have a list of questions, though. Um, I was watching one of the TV shows. I know a lot of the TV shows have been to Fort Mifflin. Um, they said that Fort Mifflin was originally called the Fort That Saved America. Why is that? Because during the siege of 1777, the the, uh, the Philadelphia campaign, uh, 
Washington lost the Battle of Brandywine, which was uh, down in Chadsford, Pennsylvania. That's um, about 30 minutes outside of Philadelphia. So when that, when he lost that battle, that's when the Continental Congress abandoned Philadelphia and they hid the Liberty Bell and took it upstate and hid it. And uh, uh, so the British wouldn't melt it down. And and then uh, um, how um, there was the Battle of Brandywine and there was the Battle of Paoli, then the Battle of Germantown. Washington lost all those battles. Uh, General Howe marched into Philadelphia September 26, and you had this group of uh, patriots. It was a small group at the time on the uh, out of Fort Mifflin, and it was a it was an island. It was uh, called Mud Island, and uh, um, the British came up to Chesapeake and not up the Delaware River because they knew the uh, of the uh, fortifications along the Delaware. Um, so. Uh, the Patriots actually sunk uh, spikes across the Delaware River just under the waterline with uh, some long logs with spikes on the top just below the waterline. They sunk them across the Delaware River all the way across to New Jersey, and they put some change between them to slow up the British warships. So uh, Hal took Philadelphia, he and he needed uh, resupplies and uh, fresh troops, and so there was 250 British ships sailed up the Delaware and they got stopped right in front of Fort Mifflin and there was Fort Mercer across the river and uh, they had a five week uh, siege. Uh, um, these guys eventually it was up to 400 men came to the fort and they held off the British for five weeks and uh, it was from September through November, early November, I think 14th, 15th, uh, when uh, the fort uh, it fell, they these men fell, held off. Out of 400, 250 men were killed at the fort. Wow! Um, just during that siege. Just during that siege, and uh, what what happened then was, uh, come November, the men never surrendered the fort. They just it got to the point where uh, they they had nothing. They, the, there was no, you know, they had no cannonballs left, nothing to shoot back. So they decided to abandon the fort. They never surrendered the fort because they left the Fort Mifflin flag flying, and they uh, escaped by uh, going across the Delaware to New Jersey at Fort uh, Mercer, and. Uh, at the height, at the battle, uh, the British were bombarding the fort with a thousand to eleven hundred cannonballs an hour. They just oh, wow. yeah, they just devastated the place. So um, this gave uh, time for uh, Washington to uh, settle in the Valley Forge. So everybody knows about the winter of Valley Forge and how yeah. Washington started, you know, got his troops trained uh, and became a, a fighting force. So that's how Fort Mifflin got the nickname, the fort that saved America. These they, these 400 patriots held off the British long enough so that Washington yeah. could establish winter uh, campmen at, at Valley Forge. So 250 men died. Now, I, I guess I'm not very familiar with forts, but... Typically, were it just was it just some men that lived there, or did they were their families there also? At this point, it was just uh, the men um, okay. that were there. Um, when it when it became afterwards, yes, you had women and children living there. When it was it was rebuilt under John Adams in the 1790s, late 1790s, and that was excuse me, that was during the yellow fever epidemic of Philadelphia. So you had all these deaths during uh, when they were rebuilding it. 
So, so how uh, many deaths do you think are associated with Fort Mifflin overall over all those hundreds of years? There's, 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 you know, I, I wouldn't say thousands, but it's in the high hundreds. You know, you had 250 at the uh, at revolution. Uh, um, you had the yellow fever deaths. Uh, during, during the Civil War was a military prison. Um, so there was conditions were horrific. So there was a lot of deaths there. Um, there were hangings and death by firing squad for deserters and murderers. Um, we're right on the Delaware River. So we get drowning victims. So it's just, you know, it, it's layers. Like I always tell people, it's layers of history, layers of deaths and layers of spirits there. It's, it's just a unique spot. Is there a cemetery on the property? There was, uh, there's, uh, there's the old hospital building, and there was a cemetery behind the hospital building, but uh, that is now part of the Army Corps of Engineers, so uh, supposedly all the bodies were uh, moved from uh, the cemetery mm. back there. But, you know, you know, back then when they would move bodies, you know, you could only, you, you didn't have to take the whole body, just Right. bones of it you know so right. uh, we're sure there's there we're sure there's uh, bones there and, and there and plus during the during the bat you know during the siege guys were getting the thousand cannibals coming and guys were just getting vaporized and right and uh you know so, so it's like a living cemetery like basically like everywhere you go could possibly yeah be everywhere you go because yes because the 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 fort, the, the, you know, it, when it was rebuilt, it was laid out, like, you know, there's part of the original fort from 1777, um, but it was built, laid out uh, where, how it was built uh, um, back in the 1777 when uh, Adams rebuilt it in 1798. So the grounds are all, you know, intact from the revolutionary battle. So it's one of the few sites where, the, you know, it's an intact revolutionary battle site. What are, okay, so the references I always see is um, a casemate, and I don't even know what a casemate is. What is a casemate? Well, a casemate, we have um, casemates one through five. When, when, this, when, they were, when this is rebuilt under Adams, the casemates would have been the bomb shelters oh. um, for the uh, troops. Uh, casemate one would have been... It's a big casemate that would have been for um, the so regular soldiers. Then there's casemates two, three, and four. Uh, that would have been for storage. They're smaller. And then casemate five would have been for the uh, officers. But during the Civil War, they all became prison cells. So the casemate one became the Confederate uh, prison cell, most of them from the Battle of Gettysburg. Casemates two, three, and four became the political prisoners or the civilian prison cells, and casemate five was the union prisoners cell, and then plus we have a casemate eleven, which uh, was just re unearthed uh, sixteen years ago. After were after about eighteen late eighteen hundreds, it was uh, when they upgraded uh, some of the fort, they buried it. And it was just re-excavated 16 years ago. And that, that's an original part of the fort. That would have been the original powder magazine. But during the Civil War, that became um, solitary confinement. So, yeah, that was uh, yeah, Casemate 11. That, that, uh, and when that was on Earth, it was like an Egyptian tomb. It was airtight. And uh, Did you uh, notice more activity after you guys uncovered that? Yeah. 
Um, if you go back to Ghost Hunters, that's the first time they came there. They were the first people to go into there. And, uh, okay. and uh, yeah, the, we know the two prisoners that were there because they wrote their names on the wall. Um, is William that Captain Hatton. Nathan Stoddard and Judge Jacob William? Or is this the... These William Howe. This is William Howe. William Howe and Bernard, Bernard Devlin. Yeah. Yes. They're the ones in Casemate 11. And Private William Howe, was he a Union soldier? Yes, or a... He, was a, he was a Union soldier. Yes, he was a Union soldier. And he was actually a, a Union a, a hero. I mean, he uh, during the Battle of Fredericksburg, he picked the American flag up that had been uh, dropped and carried it through the battle, but then became ill and uh, was supposed to report to a field hospital, but decided he was going to walk all the way to his house up in Pennsylvania from Virginia. And uh, eventually they sent troops up to get him for desertion and a shot rang out. And one of the uh, uh, marshals that was sent was killed and shot and killed. And that's when he was brought to the fort and held at the fort. And then he got accused of trying to dig a, dig out and escape from Casemate 5. And that's when he got thrown in the Casemate 11 solitaire. Then he got hauled to Eastern State, tried and convicted of murder and and uh, desertion and then they brought him back to the fort and they hung him and it was a public hanging they sold tickets for for people to watch him being hung he so at one point he was considered a hero and then because of his desertion he became like public enemy number one correct well uh lincoln wanted to make an example out of him and uh um, it was the only public uh, execution at the fort but it was only one of the few desertion hangings during the civil war too i mean it was just uh how old was he he wasn't old at all he's only in his 20s i mean he was uh he had a wife and they brought and had the wife and all come and they had all his uh, uh his other uh troops from his uh unit come uh and uh it was standing room only uh watch to be hanged to watch and, him be hung. So, yeah, to watch him be hung. And uh, he wrote multiple letters to uh, President Lincoln uh, asking for his pardon. And I just, yeah, I mean, really, no one knows if, if he's the one that did the shooting. I mean, there was a banging at the door at, at, the, at his door in the middle of the night. A shot rang out and he was the one accused. I mean, it could have been his wife. Who knows? You know, and uh, so, yeah, he was made just to be made an example of. And he's one of the ones that that everyone always refers to as as hunting Fort Mifflin. Yes, he's uh, he's there. Um, some people think he there's a spirit we have that that's a faceless spirit. Some people think it's William Howe because being hung, they put a sack over your head. Oh, but, right. uh, but there were other hangings at the fort, so I don't think he's the faceless man. You know, if you could with the captain, you know, with uh, the other the captain you talk about, you got you, you know, Bernard Devlin. Yeah, I mean, you got the during the siege when the cannons were coming in, uh, it's documented. Um, guys were getting vaporized. Guys were getting their heads blown off. Um, so I, I really think the head, the headless spirit is one of the revolutionary soldiers that was took a cannonball to uh, the head there. Yeah, because a lot of people refer to the faceless one as being, um, but Bernard Devlin, except just because he 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 did die because his head was blown off, right? Devlin, we don't know who he, if he got his head blown off or not. No, he was a, oh, he, he was a Union. He was in, he was uh, put in with uh, William Howe. Him and William Howe were prisoners in Casemate 11 during the Civil War time. And then, okay, so um, a lot of the shows reference the Powder Magazine, the back wall in the Powder Magazine. 
Yeah, the powder magazine is uh, it was for storing gunpowder. Yeah, that's very, very active. I mean, any medium that goes in there is drawn to the back wall. Um, and so they pick up energy from that back wall. Either they think there's bodies back there or there's like a portal there. It, it, it's, it, it's very, uh, a lot of energy. And, um, I've seen very uh, light anomalies, uh, in there, uh, with to get in there since it was uh, stored gunpowder to get in there. When you go into the entrance, you go so far and it's a 90 degree stop and you got to make a 90 degree left, hit the back wall, stop, make another 90 degree to get in. Um, and that was designed so that if there was an explosion, the, the blast didn't blow straight back out. It had to work its way down the, you know, the hallway through blast doors before it could get out. So there's no, and there's no opening, no light in there at all, because again, it would have been for the gunpowder. So there's no way light can get into this place and and when it when when they when you're out there at night and the lights are turned off you cannot see the hand in front of your face it's pitch but black somehow I mean, you're getting light anomalies getting that. these w- weird light anomalies i've seen them uh, on the back wall the one time it, it was like looking at the universe it was amazing it was just lights going all over the back wall and then i had them going over me on top on the wall and it's just uh it's just strange uh so people think there's a portal there but we don't know do you um this might be a stupid question but there's no chance of removing at least a couple bricks to see what's behind there um we would love to be able to but since it's a national historic site we can't do that but um but if i always tell show people if you go outside you got the back wall but after the back wall the it goes out about six feet uh the back so there is there is something behind that wall so uh we'd love to get some ground penetrating radar to get down over there and check things out so uh um we would hope we're hoping to get some uh, grants uh, so we can get some uh, investigations out there to check on that. But uh, uh, I'm sure they would find something back there. Um, people have picked up like, when, when the fort was being rebuilt. It was rebuilt with the French to help. Uh, it was a French engineer um, and French officers, and uh, uh, they would have their French slaves. Uh, so some people think maybe it was one of the French you know, subordinates or slaves that were put behind that wall. So we don't know. It's it's, sounds interesting though. Yeah. It it would bug me to not be able to get back there. Yeah. I would love to get back there. It's just one of those, you know, uh, hopefully eventually we can do that. You know, it was like, it was like case made 11. We knew it was there. Um, we just didn't know where the entrance was until uh, we had a groundskeeper and he was doing yard work and his foot trail, you know, through a hole. It opened up and then once it was excavated, it was like, wow, here it is. Here's the entrance to Casemate 11 that's been hidden for uh, over 150 years. So uh, That's so crazy. Yeah. So we, we keep finding some old uh, surveys. And uh, so there's there's things that we continually uh find that you know that we hadn't known known before so uh you know uh it always just a lot you know like i say it's been longest act of military for revolutionary war through the korean war before it was deactivated in 1954 so there's a lot there you know so um 
Let's know. talk about the hospital. The hospital, I, I understand the hospital is not oftentimes investigated, or is it? Correct. It's uh, it's our administration uh, building where you know, for us, uh, for the uh, for people our executive director, there. yeah, people working there and everything. So, um, it was a hospital, and then the uh, first floor was uh, became uh, the mess hall. So I always, so I always tell people, you know, if you know, maybe those guys that were eating dinner didn't know uh, where that dinner came from. It might have come from upstairs. You know. Oh no no. So. Uh, well, you never know. But, uh, yeah, it's it's very active. Um, if we uh, spend a night there, we have groups there, or we and actors. So um, what is your scariest experience you've had at Fort Mifflin? My scariest experience? Going back to the powder magazine, for years I, I just uh, wasn't able to go in there by myself at night. I just uh, Where? didn't have a good – Yeah, I just had no a good – feeling of going into the powder magazine okay. by myself um so one time i forced myself to go in there because every time i tried to go in it was like something something was blocking me preventing me to go in one night i got went in there and i sat and i was just sitting there in complete black again you can't see the hand in front of your face okay something was coming towards me and it was banging like metal against the wall and i could hear it and it got got came get closer and closer to me, and it stopped. And I had my recorder going, and eventually I decided, all right, I gotta get out of here. And then when I played my recorder back, it was like somebody was screaming right next to me, "The get out, get out!" That's you actually heard that. I got that on the recorder. Yeah, the the banging on the metal I heard coming towards me, but yeah, once. Once I played back my recorder, it was like somebody screaming, get out. I mean, it was, you know, I played it to people and said, okay, where's the EVP? You didn't hear that get out? Oh, that, we thought that was somebody yelling at you. Yeah, they oh, were. Wow. But they were. No one was there. Um, so the, I, that was a, a scary, but the, um, the weirdest thing was uh, uh, in this one area of the fort is called a sally port. There's two There's two sally ports and there's the main gate. The sally ports are smaller areas, with small gates. That's where the guards would be uh, stationed. And uh, there's uh, there's bunk, bunks in there because they would have those guards sleeping on the bunks. And I was sitting on the bottom bunk and uh, sitting there and the shadow figures are going back and forth outside the room. And eventually asked them to come in and one came in. And then uh, something climbed over up me to get to the top bunk. I feel the pressure on my legs and then my shoulders. It climbed over me and then eventually climbed back down over me to leave. So uh, that was one of the weirdest place experiences I had. Do you think that was a kid or do you think that was an adult? Um, I, I think it might have been a, a child because the shadow figures is a tall one and a shorter one, but we do have children's spirits there. And so it might have been a might have been a child. Um, uh, we've had uh, I, I mean, there's two that I think are brother and sister. They're little blondes that run around. Um, wait, wait, how do you know they're blondes? I've seen them. So are you what? Let's define what you are. Are you a psychic comedian? Are you? I can pick Thank some you. things up, you know. I mean, I, I mean, be doing stuff over the years, I've developed it. But you know, I had a, I had a near death experiences uh, 
back. Uh, uh, I had uh, with my stomach uh, tumors and everything when I was in the ICU. Um, I, you know, had a near death. Uh, my grandfather, I, I, my grandfather, you know, he grabbed my hand and told me it wasn't my time. And uh, I've had lots of uh, degenerative disc disease and I've had, had all kinds of uh, disc blowouts. So I have um, multiple rods and screws and plates through my body. And uh, so I had a cervical fusion and three lumbar fusions. And each of those fusions, um, they use crushed cadaver bone. They put it in oh, a cage. Wow. And uh, yeah, to put into the cages to replace the uh, ver- the disc. You know, they removed the disc, and so then they put the crushed cadaver bone between the vertebrae, so it fuses. So oh. I've had four four fusion surgeries. So there's at least four different uh, cadaver DNA in me, also. So. So before, prior to prior to these near death experiences, did you? ever have were you just interested in ghosts or did it yeah just it yeah that's interesting ghosts and everything and, and uh always were interested but then you know things became started you know getting a little bit more interesting so ever since your your experiences so like yeah now so you're um what is it called when you can see things there's audible and then there's feelings and then there's people who actually physically see things yeah, um, I, 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 could, I could see and then I get the images in my head and then I can get the words in my head. And uh, so, yeah. So, How did you end up at Fort Mifflin? My son, when he was old enough, I, I love the history. And again, around here, you got the Battle of Brandywine, Germantown, Paola, you know, and uh, any reenactments. I used to go all the time to reenact this. And then Fort Mifflin always would have... You know, their siege weekend, they'd had to do Civil War, World War One, two. They do all these reenactings. And uh, so we would go there all the time. And I and got and then when he got to be a, a scout, uh, they did a sleepover at the fort. And uh, this was before Ghost Hunters even got there. And, and the place was nuts. It was like uh, things were happening. Unbelievable. So it was like, wow. So then uh, I started volunteering at the fort. And then I got more involved with the paranormal, Did some, was in some groups and things, and uh, eventually uh, um, I got asked if I uh, just want to be here at the fort, be the paranormal host here at the fort, and I said, of course I do. So um, I've been... No, 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 it's the paranormal ambassador. Yeah, the paranormal ambassador to the fort. Yeah, it's been... We're going to promote that terminology. Let's keep that going. Yeah, I'm going to get a shirt made like that. Yeah, we need to... Everybody needs to have their own paranormal ambassador. That's that's that, that's good. That will, does work. It so, could, yeah. yeah. It's a much better title. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you know... It, it, Instead of going, you know, like I say, I've investigated all over the place. And it's just nice to call a place your home and, and stay at the one place because uh, they get to know you. The spirits get to know you. All of our uh, tour guides and everything that's been there for a while, they've everybody's had experiences. And they know our names. They call us by our names. Wow. Um, so, uh, yeah. It's uh it's it's very unique and and there's really there's nothing negative demonic there. I mean you can of course you have some pissed off uh, upset spirits that you know, 
but uh, nothing that's going to cause any kind of harm. I mean, there is physical contact, uh, you know, uh, especially with the kids. They like uh, females or grab their females' hands. Or feel, the fem- woman will feel a little hand grabbing their hand if they're hanging there. And um, you get mommy, mommy a lot. And uh, and then in one area, the Fort Casemate 5, there's a particular spirit that, that is obsessed with blonde females. He likes to stroke their hair, touch them, you know, shoulders, nothing inappropriate, but just their arms, their shoulders, and they don't feel very comfortable and they have to leave. But, uh, um, okay. That's the one that I talked to, uh, talked about earlier. I was confusing where William Howe and Bernard Devlin are, but casemate five is where Captain Nathan Stoddard, and Judge Jacob. Wilhelm Judge Jacob, is. yeah. Judge Judge was a political prisoner there at the fort. Uh, he and was, Nathan was the one that was killed with a cannonball. Yeah, he's one. He's one. He's, yeah, he's one of the guys that definitely. He's one of the documented cannonball guys. Yeah, there's other guys too. Uh, when when the flag, like I say, back in 1777, um, they had the Fort Mifflin the flag. It was a Pennsylvania Navy flag. It's it's red, white, and blue stripes all the way down. It was Pennsylvania Navy flag and. The seamstress that made every single Pennsylvania Navy flag was Betsy Ross. So the flag that flew over Fort Mifflin in 1777 was actually made by Betsy Ross. So, oh. uh, yeah, it's, it's, the history there is so unique. And uh, so they were going to lower the flag to, to put up a, a signal flag to the uh, Pennsylvania Navy, which was out in the, out there harassing the British warships. But as they were lowering it, the men thought they were lowering it to surrender. So they yelled to put the flag back up full mass. They didn't want it coming down. So the the uh, soldier then hoisted the flag back. Well, as it was coming down, the British ceased fire. They stopped firing because they thought uh, they, they were surrendering. So he there was a brought it down. The British stopped firing and the troops got upset. So he started. He putting the flag back up and then the British, once it got back up, they, they, they did their onslaught again with the cannonballs and the person that raised the flag back up, got off the flag, got down and started walking and he got taken out by a cannonball. So there's a, there's a uh, Plum Martin. He was a revolutionary soldier, uh, soldier's diary. I think of the book is, and, uh, um, he was like the Forrest Gump of the Revolutionary War. He was in every major battle in the Revolutionary War, and he was at Fort Mifflin during the siege. So he writes about write that. I mean, he wrote about how the the the, the assault, and he wrote about that soldier getting his getting blown off from the flagpole there. So all this stuff is documentation that they found at the fort. Yeah, it's 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 documentations, you know. Like, uh, um, there's a uh, during the Civil War, we know the political prisoners. Uh, there is this, uh, um, there's a, a book called the American Bastille. Um, it was by a John A. Marshall, written after the Civil War. Um, it was a history of the illegal arrests and imprisonments of American citizens in the northern and northern and border states on account of their political opinions during the late civil war so it was uh you know people don't know about it but you know if you oppose lincoln at that time they were rounding people up and throwing them in jail jacob wilcom was an active sitting judge in clearfield uh, county pennsylvania and was accused of being a anti-lincoln uh 
um, activists, and he got thrown in prison. So, yeah, there was 43 from upstate Pennsylvania called the uh, Fishing Creek Conspiracy. Yeah, I saw that, the Fishing Creek Resurrection. Yep, Fishing Creek. There's 43 of them sent down to the fort. And they were just farmers, blacksmiths, irregular people that uh, they basically, uh, they opposed the war. They refused to report for the draft. Lincoln sent troops up. Uh, One of the patrols got ambushed. You had a Union officer killed. So he sent more troops up and they rounded up hundreds of people and ended up sending 43 of them to the fort to be imprisoned. And then there was 40 from Clearfield County, Pennsylvania, and that was uh, with uh, Judge Jacob Wilhelm. And then plus, if you know about the Molly Maguires, the Irish miner uprising, too, at the same time, there were 60 of them thrown in the fort also at that same time. So um, you you had a lot of... uh, activity there in the civil war there at the at the fort and and again the conditions were horrific so people were dying the prisoners dying and not only the prisoners but the disease was spreading throughout the garrison so uh you had uh women and uh children and regular and soldiers just all dying of disease i always ask this question do you think fort mifflin has more intelligent huntings or more of the imprints on history hunting well, intelligent or residual. So uh, we have we have both, but we have a lot we have good a lot of good intelligent hauntings. Uh, you know, I mean, full bodies that interact. You can see, and uh, we have a tour guide, Revolutionary War tour guide that shows up and gives tours. And when there's no what? tour guide there, yeah, he's documented, well documented, you know, and he gives explicit details about the bombardment of 1777 and people come out, rave about this, this tour guide. It's like, well, there's no tour guide working today. We only Wait, so there's like a bunch of people that go on a tour with the ghost tour guide. Yep. When was and, the last time that happened? Tell me when that happened. Um, Probably about, I, I'd say the last one I know of that people have said uh, was uh, Wayne was out there. So it was probably seven years ago that I know of the last one that wow. actually happened. Um, but uh, yeah, actually I, being led on a ghost tour from a ghost. Yep. Yep. And another no. time, some, uh, this was, this uh, came, and it's usually over by the powder magazine, always over by the powder magazine. He, that's where he uh, see and people think that is a portal yes okay so, so they, let's talk some dirt you've had every tv show from ghost hunters to portals of uh, portals, portals to hell, to hell. um yep. destination fear they haven't um, been there yet wait i thought to... destination fear has been there no no they haven't i want to get them there because everybody else leaves and doesn't spend the whole night there so you know it, uh, ghost hunters was there twice ghost hunters academy then was there um and portals to hell and uh some other you know like the ghost finders that's on uh paraflix or whatever so uh there's a but no, no destination fear unfortunately hasn't been there yet and i'm trying to get them to go there because i would love them to spread out and spread I got places where I want them to sleep. Okay, you have to promise me if you have destination fear come, you invite me too. Yeah, I would definitely ta- do that. I'll take a place and I'll spend the night somewhere by myself. All right, that works. There's plenty of but places to stay. It's not going to be. It's not. It's not going to be the powder magazine. That's that's just a no for me. <laughs> that's a no for me. I'm not doing the powder magazine. But I would do the hospital 
and I would do the case mate where Judge Wilhelm is. I want to hear him right. call me names. Yeah, he and, likes the yeah the, the bitch and whore names for the female. Yeah, I, and it was so sweet. The one of the TV shows I was watching it was Mary the tour guide. Is she still there? Yes. Okay, she was so sweet. It's like she didn't want to say those words. Yep. Like she's trying really hard not to say him, but then she ultimately said him. I was like, oh my god, she's so cute. I want to like hang out with her. Yeah, this, uh, he drops the f bomb all the time, you know. Wow. Like, oh yeah, that's how I get greeted. F you, Greg, or Greg F you. And and when I tell people, you know, if they hear the f word, you know, it's the uh, the judge, and uh, yeah, they pick it up all the time on uh, their recorders or even their ghost box and stuff. We had a. Uh, the last time, the last open investigation, uh, I guess, was that, when was that, June? Uh, August, I guess. Yeah, it was August. We uh, had a group in the case May 5, and they had their uh, their ghost box going, and it was like, all right, um, do you want us to leave? Let us know if you want us to leave, and we'll leave. And the response came through, get the F out. Wow, he's serious. And it was like, all right, guys, I think you know what he want you, what what he wants you, you to do. do. So everybody were getting out. It was just who, incredible. Get that. Who was F. your favorite? What was your favorite TV show that came? Um, uh, I, uh, I'll, I'll say Portals to Hell. That was all good because Katrina's a sweetheart. Katrina's local. She's uh, you know, and uh, uh, um, not too far from us, and uh, in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. So and she's, she's been there a lot. She's been there a lot. She's there a, a lot. She came down. Uh, I, we did a YouTube. Uh, she's got her YouTube show now with uh, Haunted. I forget what it is, but uh, um, she came down to film for at the fort. But she's there a lot. I, I met her years ago, 11 years ago at the fort. And uh, oh, wow. so she's she's a sweetheart. And Jack was great. You know, it was cool, cool to talk to Jack about his dad, you know, Ozzy. You know, so uh, and he didn't. Um, they didn't determine that. Actually, I don't even remember if they they even talked about it being a portal. But they, at the end of it, determined that there was nothing negative there. That it wasn't a portal to hell. It may be a portal, but it's not a portal to hell. That it's right. not a negative, negative place. That it's it's active, right. but it doesn't feel negative or doesn't heavy feel negative. No, it doesn't feel. But uh, Chris Fleming, who was the medium, he was you know picking up at the portal and he was about there could be something bad coming and going or bad coming and going i've had we've had another other medium come in and say that um that there is a portal we've had many people say there's a portal there and saying that the soldiers that are there the spirits that are still at the fort and this a lot of the soldiers they're there to defend to keep anything bad coming through that portal oh they're still guarding it yes this is the way that we say it from now on that you still yes. have soldiers guarding guarding the fort in whether it's from living or unliving yeah because I, I have a theory too about um you know there was a group of deserters during the siege and uh they uh then were caught after washington uh came back through in the philadelphia for whatever reason, these guys stayed in Philadelphia, so they were caught and they were tried and convicted of desertion. And then they were uh, it was a mass hanging, public hanging uh, in oh. Market Street, Philadelphia. So I, I think some of these revolutionary soldiers that are still there, their sentence for 
being a deserter, their sentence is to be guard the fort, stay at the fort for eternity. Wow. So uh, yeah, that's. I don't know if my, that makes me sad or like relieved for the fort. You know what I mean? Like that's right. Eternity. That's eternity. eternity. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank so, you so much. You're awesome. What is the fort for my listeners that are anywhere near Philadelphia? You guys have a bunch of stuff coming up for um, October? Yes, we do. If you go to our website, uh, fortmifflin.us, you would go to the events uh, section. Um, we have October. We have, of course, this, tomorrow night is our open investigation night, but that's been sold out. And then every weekend, Friday and Saturday afterwards, we have candlelight ghost tours where right. we have the fort just lit up with candles and uh, some lanterns. And we take you walk around the fort with a lantern and we talk about uh, the ghost stories there. And uh, the tour guides, they will talk about their own personal experiences there they've encountered. So it's a real, you know, we don't have anybody jumping down at you or anything, but uh, it's always a good time. People do see a lot and a lot happens during these times. And then we have at the Saturday before Halloween is our Sleep with the Ghost program where you can come in and try and spend the night at the fort if you would like. Oh, nice. Yeah. I love that. So is that that's not sold out yet? That's not full filled out full yet. That hasn't sold okay. out yet, but that's still available. You would just it will sell out very quick. Uh, by be, you know it will sell out soon. So uh, that's something yeah. Uh, check out the sleep with the ghosts there at the at the fort. And your candlelight candlelight um, ghost stories are only twenty dollars per person. Twenty dollars a person, and you know they run an hour. And uh, we do uh, have, we'll have a we have a, a nice uh, bonfire going, and uh, um, we do have a uh, a bar there. We have a licensed nice. uh, licensed uh, company that comes in with their own little trailer, and so you can have a cold beer or whatever, and uh, sit around the fire. And uh, see, that's... I should live in I should live in Pennsylvania. <laughs> you guys have more fun than we do in California. California, we have all the the mazes there, people jump out at you. There's not like real crap going on. Yeah, we we do our goods. I mean, Eastern State, they have their stuff that they scare you. Eastern, in well, yeah, obviously, Penhurst, Eastern State. Pennsylvania yep. is a place to be if you are. Well, I keep telling people all the time, I'm not a ghost hunter. I talk about ghosts. I don't necessarily go looking for ghosts. Um, but if I were invited somewhere really cool, I would be there in a heartbeat. So um i would be shocked if you guys i i'm kind of shocked right now that there's any tickets left for any of the stuff you do because that sounds amazing thank you so much for spending this time with me well thank you for having me i enjoy uh, talking about the ford and it's a pleasure i love it you do you sound like that it sounds like you're you're stuck at home (laughs) it is it it is (laughs) and it's fun to talk to people who are passionate about it and the history about it too because i always love the history the history is what draws me in um, a ghost story is literally icing on the cake for me. So um, I love talking to people who are like-minded that like that that are truly into the history portion of it. And if there's a ghost story with it, it's just that much better. Yep, definitely. Thank you, and thanks for being patient for, with me this week. You're welcome. For more information on the history and hauntings at Fort Mifflin, please visit fortmifflin.us.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Haunting History Podcast. We love hearing from you, so be sure to like, follow, and comment on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Haunting History Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to all your favorites. Visit our website at hauntinghistorypodcast.com for more information on each episode, links to our Patreon page, and all of our social media platforms. Until next time, I'm Kat. I'm Haley. Remember, the living are far scarier than any time.